When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. It's season 14 of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Performing through the summer months, the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is presented by the Sonic Society for the Mutual Audio Network and features producers and actor troops from the modern age of audio drama who recreate and reproduce classic old-time radio plays. The Playhouse endeavors to bring shows to a contemporary audience for the love of the medium and not in any intended form of copyright infringement of those classic radio shows. And now, we go to our host of the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse on stage now, Mr. David Alt. Good evening and welcome to the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. And welcome if you're joining us from Sunday Showcase in the morning. I'm your host, David Alt. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. As popular as our local house players and more active, we're thrilled to present back to the Summerstock stage Pete Lutz and the Narada Radio Company with their final offering this 14th season, the thriller The Petrified Forest. And from the best seats in the house here at the historic Halifax Playhouse, we open our curtains to begin our show. The following presentation is a production of 63 Audio and the Narada Radio Company, a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network. From New York, where the American stage begins, Mutual presents Best Plays. Best Plays, a series of dramas selected from the outstanding successes of the New York stage. Tonight, it's the Narada Radio Company in The Petrified Forest by Robert E. Sherwood. The Petrified Forest takes place in the desert section of eastern Arizona. Our setting is the Black Mesa gas station and barbecue lunchroom, an oasis in a hot and thirsty country. It's late afternoon of an autumn day in 1936. And now, The Petrified Forest, directed by Pete Lutz and starring the Narada Radio Company. Certainly it's revolution, and that's exactly what we gotta come to, whether a lot of old fluffs back east like it or not. Yeah, but if it comes, how are you gonna- When it comes, 
we're gonna finally get some of that equality they talked about in the Declaration of Independence. Equality? Hell, it's slavery. And how are you like that? What do we got now, I'd like to know? Mm. Do you call this freedom? Listen to me, Mac. In school, we had to read up a lot on that cockeyed system they got in Russia. And I'm here to tell you that if you were living over there, you wouldn't be able to call your soul your own. Mm. And how do you know I've got a soul? You're alive, ain't you? Oh, sure, I'm alive. I got a heart. I can hear it beating. I got a stomach. I can hear it growling. I got blood. I can see it when I stick myself with one of them goddamn splinters. But where's this soul that everybody hollers about? <laughs> it's in your tongue, I guess. Hey, Mr. Maple? <laughs> yeah. And maybe they got it locked up in that safe at the Postal Telegraph Company. Along with the rest of their doubtful assets. Pose. Lady wants five gallons. Get going. Okay, boss. And you better keep on the alert out there so those customers don't have to wait. See? Okay, boss. <laughs> and there goes the guy who's here to tell me that in Russia, you can't even call your soul your own. You want pie? Yeah, and another cup of coffee. Rugged individualism. Every man for himself. That's the kind of liberty we've been getting. Slice of pie. <laughs> What are you complaining about, son? You're eating. Coffee and pie? Why do you suppose it is that Russia's got the whole world scared? It's because they're pushing ahead. They're pioneering. They're what? I said they're pioneering. They're opening up new territory. And for the benefit of all. Not so's a few land grabbers can step in and take the profits after somebody else has done the real work. Those engineers in Russia are building something new. That's where they've got it on us. We ain't building, we're repairing. What do I do day after day? I climb up the poles and fix the wires so that some broker in New York can telegraph in a split second to some guy in Los Angeles to tell him he's ruined. Well, my friend, when you talk about pioneering, <laughs> you're talking about something I can tell you a few things about. Shut up, Gramp. I won't shut up. I told you not to get into arguments with the guests. Listen, I can tell this fella some things he'd be glad to hear. Wouldn't you, son? Sure. Go ahead, Pop. Change the subject. Listen, my friend. <laughs> I come down into this desert 56 years ago. I come down from Virginia by way of Salt Lake and Mesa Verde. You had to be tough to cross this country in them days. Paiutes, Apaches, and plenty of white men with no love for their neighbors. <laughs> yes, sir. I was in your same line of business. Wire stringing. I helped string the first wire that run west out of Albuquerque, and we had one hell of a time doing it, too. Lady wants a pack of camels. You want to know who was the governor of this territory in them days? Well, I'll tell you. General Lou Wallace. He wrote Ben-Hur right there in the palace in Santa Fe. He was a brave man, and 
He had to be because governing around here was hard work. It meant killing or being killed. <laughs> Attaboy, Mr. Maple. Tell him about the time you took a shot at Billy the Kid. <laughs> I, I didn't take no shots at the kid. I had too goddamn much sense. But he took a couple at me. I'm practically the only man he ever missed. But he was only doing it in fun, so he couldn't hardly count. Hi, Graham. Get on out with those camels. Okay, boss. Hiya, Gabby. Well, Pop, it's been very interesting, but I've got to be... Now, wait a minute. I was just going to tell you about the first message we ever sent over that line. General Wallace dictated it, and we sent it all the way through to Washington to President Hayes. And do you want to know what it said? It said, God save the Republic. That's what General Wallace told us to say, and he was a great author. Mm. You better send the same message through again, Pop, because the old Republic's badly in need of assistance. How much do I owe? That'll be 55 cents. What did he have? Hamburger special, pie, and coffee. All right. Hope you call in again, son. <laughs> I always enjoy talking to anybody in the telegraphing business. Maybe I will, Pop. Never can tell where a guy will be sent next. That's right. You can't. There's just one remark I'd like to pass to you, brother. Just watch out how you talk about the United States of America. Now, what do you mean? I mean simply this. Belittling our system of government, preaching revolution and destruction, and red propaganda? Well, it isn't a very healthy occupation. That's all. I thought you said not to argue with the guests. I'm only telling you, brother, for the sake of your own good. So it's unhealthy, huh? How do you think this government was started? if it wasn't by revolution. Well? The American Revolution was fought to establish law and order, but the object of your dirty red propaganda is to destroy it. And how much law and order have we got? Do you read about the massacre yesterday in Oklahoma City? What kind of law and order is that? If some of you Bolsheviks would quit preaching disrespect for the law, it wouldn't be possible for criminals to get Yeah? You wanna know something? They don't have crime in Russia. And why? Because they've abolished the cause of crime. They've abolished greed. And I tell you something else. You got your eats, and there's your change. Now kindly get out. Mm. Okay, Mr. Tin Horn Patriot. I only hope I'm around here when it happens. I want to see you when you've joined the mob and started waving the red flag. Bye, son. Goodbye, Pop. You never should get into arguments with a boy like that, Jason. You only make a fool of yourself. Ah, uh, I'm sorry I didn't get his name so as I could report him. You tend to your own business, son, and stop fussing about... My own business? That's a fine thing to say to me. What business have I got? Miserable little service station on the edge of nowheres. It's a living, ain't it? A living, yes. Just barely. But it's one hell of a life for a man that ought to be getting someplace in this world. <laughs> Maybe it's all you're good for. I know, and that's what you think. It's what you've always thought since I was a boy. 
What chance have I ever had to prove what I can do? <laughs> you had a war, didn't you? Biggest war yet. Yes, and you'd think I failed in that because I didn't come home with a lot of medals and some German scalps hanging on my belt. Well, they didn't hand out medals to us soldiers that drove trucks, even if we did get right up into the danger zone time and time again. All right, son. All right. You could have enlisted in the infantry if you had a mind to. I enlisted in the branch of the service where my knowledge of mechanics could do the most good to my country. And I still got that knowledge. And you know damn well it's your fault. I don't get more scope for using it. My fault? That's what I said. Hanging on to this place when you can sell it for good money. I don't have to sell if I don't want to. Dana Trimble's renewed his offer. $7,000. And I know I could get him up to nine, maybe ten. <clears throat> what makes him think this property's worth that much? Oh, he knows perfectly well they're going to make this an interstate highway and run the bus route to El Paso through here. All right. If it's good for him, it's good for us. With $7,000, I could buy a big piece of an auto camp in Redondo Boulevard in one of the best districts of Los Angeles. Uh, I'd put in a barbecue service, and in a couple of years, we'd have something. Los Angeles! My God, you want to go to Los Angeles and Gabby wants to go to Europe. Ain't there nobody around here that's satisfied to stay put? How about yourself? Were you ever satisfied to stay put until you got so damned old you didn't have enough energy to move? Listen to me, son. In my day, we had places to go. New places. But my God, Los Angeles... Paula's scared. What's she scared of? The Mexicans are saying that Duke Mantee is headed this way. Ah, uh, he was headed for the border, and he's over it by now. The Texas Rangers haven't got him. <laughs> they won't get him. Have you seen his picture? Straight black hair, got engine blood. He'll fool him. You can't fool all the people all the time. Watch the counter, will you, Gabby? I gotta get dressed. Dressed? For what? My American Legion meeting. What time will you be home, Dad? Ah, uh, about ten, I guess. Maybe later. There's a lot of important business coming up, and I'm going to make some inquiries about that telegraph lineman. And if I can locate him, that Bolshevik will be out of a job, and then he can go look for work pioneering in Russia. What'll you do? Blow a bugle and turn the whole goddamn Legion loose on him? Will you kindly control your language? I'll talk the only language I understand. <laughs> You'll never get Gabby to talk respectable. Never in all this world. Well, I only hope someday my own daughter will learn to cultivate a little respect for the things I stand for. Maybe the time will come when you'll be thankful your father fought for this country. What did that telegraph man say that got Dad in such a stew? I don't know what he said. Something about Russia and pioneering. But there's a lot in it, whatever it was. Trouble with this country is it's got settled. 
It's camped down in the bed of a dried up river. And whenever anybody says, let's get the hell out of here, all the rest start to holler, if we move a step, the engines will get us. Well, say, if we'd been that way in my time, I'd like to know how this country would ever have got rich enough to be able to support the American Legion. Say, there's the bail. <laughs> You're not mad, are you, Gabby? Where's Graham? He's out talking to the postman. Don't worry about him. I wasn't worrying. Don't you like me, honey sweet? No, not very much. Okay, I'll forgive you. Seeing as I've been here only a little while and I haven't had much chance to go into my act. But when I do, you're going to change your attitude awful fast. Oh, uh, what's that you're reading? You wouldn't like it. How do you know how I feel about things? Can I look? Sure. Go ahead and look. Ha! Poems. <clears throat> the shapely, slender, shoulders small, long arms, hands wrought in glorious wise, round little breasts, the hips withal, high, full of flesh, not scant of size, fit for all amorous masteries. Say, that's kind of pash. Give me that. So that's the kind of stuff you read. Well, honey, I'm not a bit surprised. I've been suspecting all along that all you needed was a little encouragement. Hmm? And I don't wonder that in a godforsaken place like this, you'd have to get it out of poetry. It's great poetry. Certainly it's great. But I can think of something a whole lot better. Look at me, honey. I'm not so terrible looking, am I? Why do you wear that locket around your neck? Locket? It makes you look like a sissy. I've been waiting for you to notice that. That was my father's watch chain. My mother gave it to me when I graduated. Wait till you see what's on the end. It's a gold football. Solid gold. I got that for intercepting a pass and running 68 yards for a touchdown. What was your school? Nevada Tech. If I'd been with Princeton or Minnesota or any of those big clubs, I'd have been all American. Oh, wait till I show you something. I always keep it in my billfold. That's from Sid Ziff's column in the Los Angeles Herald. He saw me play against Loyola. <clears throat> Tip to the pigskin fraternity when pondering your all-American selections for this current Anno Domini. Just mull over the name of Bose Hertzlinger of Nevada Tech playing with an admittedly minor league club and protected by interference of cellophane strength, Hertzlinger managed to remind some of us observers of the Illini Phantom himself. Do you know who the Illini Phantom was? Red Grange. That's just a sample of the notices I got. I can show you dozens more like it. You think a hell of a lot of yourself, don't you? Who wouldn't, in my position? Why do you have to work in a filling station? 
Well, that's a point that I don't know if I could explain so as you'd understand it. I could be making good money in a lot of other ways right now. Engineering, coaching, the insurance game, lots of ways. But I just can't be tied down. Not yet. I've got an itch inside that keeps me on the move, chasing the rainbow. Do you ever expect to catch it? Oh, I'll catch it, all right. I'll twist its tail and make it do tricks. Maybe I'm kind of close to it right now. You'd better look someplace else. There aren't any rainbows around Black Mesa. <laughs> I wouldn't bet on that. You know, Gabby, you're a strange kid. Sometimes you seem too young to know anything. And then, sometimes, you seem like God's grandmother. And reading that Pash poetry, that gives me an idea. An idea of what? Oh, it's easy to tell when a girl's ready for love. How do you tell that, Bose? Well, one pretty sure way is when she starts calling me by my own name for the first time. And another way is how I feel myself. It takes two to make a radio program, you know. The one that's sending and the one that's receiving. And when I'm with a girl that's cute and appealing with big soft eyes, well, <laughs> I can feel sort of electric waves running all through me. And I can be pretty sure she's doing some broadcasting, whether she knows it or not. Have you got a program coming in now? <laughs> Listen, it's like the hottest torch song that ever was sung. Can't you kind of hear it, honey? You can call me a sap if you want to, Gabby, but I guess I'm falling in love with you. I'm getting so I want you more than is good for me. Have you ever been in love before? <laughs> no. Have you ever said you were? Sure, plenty of times. Did they believe you? Certainly they did, and I'll tell you why. It's because they were all dumb. That's just where you're different. I couldn't fool you, Gabby. I'm smart, am I? Too smart. Uh, for most men, <laughs> you'd catch on to them. But that's what I want, because the more you see into me, the better you're going to like me. You'd better look out if you want to hold on to your job. Dad might come, and he doesn't like the help making passes at me. <laughs> that wouldn't bother me, honey sweet. There are plenty more jobs for anyone with the ambition I've got. But there aren't plenty more girls like you. You're going to love me, Gabby. You're going to love me a lot. Look out! There's someone. Good evening. Uh, we'll talk about it some more later. Good evening. What can we do for you? Can I order something to eat? Will you sit down here, sir? Thanks. Here's our menu. Driven far? I've been walking. Do you live around here? No. My last host of the road reached his own ranch about ten miles back and didn't ask me in. I had to continue on foot. It's wonderful what progress you can make just by doing this with your thumb. Hmm. Today's special... Just what is a barbecue? Well, here it's hamburger sandwich with vegetables on the side. It's always today's special, but it's pretty good. I want it. But first, I'd like some of that cream of corn soup and some beer, and I'll, I'll order the dessert later. Okay. Another question. Where am I? This place is called Black Mesa, but there's nothing else here. Where were you planning to go? My plans have been uncertain. You mean you were just bumming along? Call it gypsying. 
I had a vague idea that I'd like to see the Pacific Ocean and perhaps drown in it, <laughs> but that depends. Where did you come from? Quite a long way, Miss... Maple, are you English? No, you might call me an American once removed, but if you don't mind... The soup will be right in. The washroom's through there, on your left, if you want it. Thank you. Good evening. Uh, good evening. Um, anyone take your order? Yes, a charming young lady. Uh, that's my daughter. Uh, excuse me, please. Of course. I think your daughter said the washroom was... To the left. Yes. talking to Roy Greeley, and he says, in town, they're all certain that Duke Mantee outfit is headed here. They got the whole story right here in the post. Oklahoma City Massacre. Six killed, four wounded, two not expected to live. <laughs> Look. Huh. The sheriff's got all his deputies out patrolling the roads. They think they're sure going to be some killing around here. Well... If there is, we can't trust that sheriff to do a damn thing. We'll turn out the Legion. You would? Certainly. That's what we're there for. Gabby! Yes? I'm leaving now, and I, uh, I took five bucks. If anything delays me getting back, I'll phone. Okay. Don't forget to light the neon sign when it gets dark. I won't. Well, by God, you'd better not try to do any shooting in that getup. <laughs> I've never seen a better target. <laughs> sure is a pretty blue. This is the uniform of the American Legion. You needn't be afraid about me. Oh, I ain't afraid, but I would be if I was you. <laughs> How much did you say you took? Five bucks. What do you need all that for? Just in case of emergency. By God, between the two of you, you'd think I wasn't fit to be trusted with money or ideas or anything. But I'm here to tell you. Both of you. What, Dad? Oh, never mind. It's too bad they didn't wear a uniform like that when they fit the Germans. They wouldn't, none of them have come home. <laughs> Who's that food for? Customer. He's in the washroom, I guess. 
Is it that young feller that walked in with a little pack on his back? That's the one. Look to me like one of them things you see up around Taos. <laughs> hey, Gabby, how about letting your poor, weary old grandfather have a little drink now? No. Oh, come on. I ain't got so long to live. You can have one before you go to bed, and that's all. Your soup's waiting for you, my friend. Thank you. Mm, looks good, too. Yes, it looks fine. Like to see a picture of that Duke Mantee? Mm. My God, six killed? Did he do all that? Him and his friends did when they sprung him from the law. Fine lot of sheriffs they must have there in Oklahoma City letting themselves get knocked over right in front of the courthouse. He doesn't look very vicious, does he? Well, I'll tell you. You can't tell a killer from his picture, except by his chin. It's a funny thing about a killer. Always hold this chin in. Ever notice that? I don't think I've ever seen a killer. Oh, I have. Plenty of them. Ever hear of Billy the Kid? Yes, indeed. I knowed him well down in the Picos country. He took a couple of shots at me once. <laughs> I congratulate you on still being with us. Well, it was kind of dark, and he had a few. And besides, I don't think he really meant to do me any real harm. Just wanted to scare the pants off me. Did he do it? Nah. I see he was just having some fun. So I said to him, Kid, you're drunk. And he said, What makes you think that? He was always soft-spoken. And I said, Because you missed me. <laughs> well, sir, he had to laugh. <laughs> You're kind of hungry, ain't you? Yes. You can go just so long without food. Been having some bad luck? Yes. Well, no disgrace in that these days. What line of work are you in? Well, not just now. I have been at times a writer. A writer, eh? <laughs> That's a funny thing. <laughs> yes, it is. I knew the greatest writer that ever lived. Sam Clemens. Ever hear him? Let me see. Well, did you ever hear of Mark Twain? Oh, yes. Same feller. Really? Today's special. Yes, sir. I knew him when I was a boy in Virginia City. He was writing comical pieces for the paper there. The Enterprise. And he was the best goddamn liar I ever seen. And I've seen plenty. <laughs> he used to say he did his writing on the principle that his readers wanted everything but the truth. <laughs> so that's what he'd give them. <laughs> Are you a famous writer? No. Uh, maybe you're just being modest. What's your name? Alan Squire. Well, maybe you are famous for all I'd know. 
I don't get to do much reading outside of the headlines. Eyes have gone back on me. But when I was your age, I could hit a running jackrabbit at 50 paces. Your supper's ready, Graham. And I'm ready for it. <laughs> Got me hungry watching him eat. Pleased to have met you, Mr. Squire. Pleased to have met you, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Like the soup? It was glorious. Want some coffee? Will it mix with the beer? Oh, sure. Coffee will mix with anything. <clears throat> That's a charming old gentleman. Your grandfather? Yes. He told me he'd been missed by Billy the Kid. He tells everybody about that. Poor Graham. You get terribly sick of him after a while. Did I hear him say you're a writer? Yes. I haven't met many writers. Except Sidney Wenzel. Ever heard of him? That's not Mark Twain, is it? No, Sidney Wenzel. He's with Warner Brothers. He stopped here once when he was driving out to the coast. He said I ought to go to Hollywood and be sure to look him up. But what the hell? They never mean it. No, they never mean a thing. Well, I'll just... Oh, please don't go. Something else you want? We've got pie and layer cake. No, I, I'd, I'd like to talk to you. Please sit down. All right. I suppose you want to go into the movies? God, no. But I thought every beautiful girl had a heart set on Hollywood. That's just it. It's too common. I want to go to Borg's. Where? Borg's in France. You'd never guess it, but that's where I came from. You're not French. Partly. I was born in Borg's. But I left it almost before I was able to walk, so all I know about it is from the picture postcards my mother sends me. They've got a cathedral there. Your mother still lives there? Mm-hmm. Dad brought us back here after the war. Mother stuck it out in the desert for a couple of years, and then she packed up and went back to Borg's. We've never seen her since. Some people seem to think it was cruel of her to leave me, but what could she do? She didn't have any money to bring me up. She just couldn't live here, and you can't blame her for that. Do you think she was cruel? N not if you don't, Miss Maple. Well, I don't. She's tried lots of times to get me over there to see her, but Dad won't allow it. She got a divorce and married a Frenchman that's got a bookstore. Mother was always a great reader, so I guess it's nice for her. She's got three more kids. Just think of that. I've got a half-brother and two half-sisters that can't speak a word of English. I'd sure like to see them. Can you speak French? Only what you learn in high school, like tableau for a table. Mother used to send me a book every year for my birthday, but they were all in French and I couldn't read them. So last year I wrote and asked if she'd mind sending me one in English, and she sent me this one. It's the poems of Francis Villon. Ever read it? Yes. Look. There's my mother's picture. That was just before she married Dad. She had a picture taken smelling a rose. She's lovely, and I can see the resemblance. It's hard to imagine her being married to Dad, isn't it? But I guess he looked all right in his American uniform. 
Anyway, it's wonderful poetry. She wrote in it, Ah, ma, cheer, petite Gabrielle. That means to my dear little Gabrielle. She gave me that name. It's about the only French thing I've got. Gabrielle, it's a beautiful name. Wouldn't you know it, it'd get changed to Gabby by these ignorant bastards around here. I guess you think I use terrible language. Oh, no, it, it, it's picturesque. Well, it suits this kind of country. <clears throat> you share your mother's opinion of the desert? Mm-hmm. But you can find solace in the poems of Francois Villon? Yes, they get the stink of gasoline and hamburgers out of my system. Would you like to read me one of those poems, Gabrielle? You mean now? Yes, while I'm finishing today's special. Okay, I'll read you the one I like best. He wrote it about a friend of his who was getting married. At daybreak, when the falcon claps his wings, no wit for grief, but noble heart held high, with loud, glad noise, he stirs himself and springs and takes his meat and toward his lure draws nigh. Go on, Gabrielle. Nor here with reason shall I chide and fret, nor cease to serve, but serve more constantly. This is the end for which we twain are met. Ah, you know, that's wonderful stuff. But that's the way the French people are. They can understand everything, like life and love, death, and they can enjoy it or laugh at it, depending on how they feel. Mm. And that's why you want to go to France, for understanding? I will go there. When Gramps dies, we can sell this place. Tad's going to take his share and move to Los Angeles so that he can join a really big legion post and get to be a political power. But I'm going to spend my part of the money on a trip to Bourg's, where there's something beautiful to look at, and wine, and dancing in the streets. <clears throat> if I were you, Gabrielle... I'd stay here and avoid disappointment. What makes you think I'd be disappointed? I've been to France. You were there in the war? No, I missed that. But I lived there for eight years, through 17 changes of government. What were you doing? Writing books? No, planning to write books. You know what a gigolo is? You mean you danced with women for money? Oh, Lord, no. I never was a good enough dancer for that. I, I married. Oh, Please don't think too ill of me. I once actually wrote a book. What was it? Fiction? In a sense. It was a novel about the bleak, glacier-stripped hills of my native New England. I was 22 when I wrote it, and it was very, very stark. It sold slightly over 600 copies. It cost the publisher quite a lot of money, and it also cost him his wife. You see, she divorced him and married me. <clears throat> she had faith in me, and she had the chance to display it because her husband was very generous in his financial settlement. She saw in me a major artist, profound but inarticulate. She believed that all I needed was background, and she gave it to me, with southern exposure and a fine view of the Mediterranean. So for eight years I reclined there, on the Riviera, on my background, and I waited for the major artist to come forth and say something of enduring importance. He preferred to remain inarticulate. And you've left your wife now? Yes, I'm glad you did. I left her at her suggestion. She had taken up with a Brazilian painter, also a major artist. There was nothing for me to do but travel. I decided to go forth and discover America, and I've gone this far on my journey, thanks to the power of the thumb. 
What were you looking for? Well, that's rather hard to say. I, I suppose I've been looking for something to believe in. I've been hoping to find something that's worth living for and dying for. What have you found? Nothing so interesting as an old man who was missed by Billy the Kid and a fair young lady who reads Villon. Well, I do other things that might surprise you. I'm sure you do. I wouldn't tell this to everybody, but you, well, you're kind of... I'm kind of nobody. What is it, Gabrielle? I paint pictures. Are they any good? Hell no. Could I see them? Oh, I never let people look at them. I'd only get kidded. They're kind of crazy pictures. All the better. Please let me see them. You know anything about art? Oh, I've studied the whole cycle. Right from El Greco through Byrne Jones and back to El Greco again. Uh, perhaps you're another genius. Perhaps it's my mission to introduce you to posterity. Are you kidding me? No, Gabrielle. I've never kidded anybody outside of myself. All right. But you've got to promise not to tell anybody. My word of honor, for all it's worth. Here, take a look. They're terrible, aren't they? I don't know. Certainly no critic could condemn you for being photographic. This is the one I like best. Oh. Hmm. I wanted to show how the storm clouds look when they roll down from the mountains. What made you paint in this strange manner? It's just the way I feel. You're a product of the ultimate French school, all right. But are they any good? I tell you, Gabrielle, I can't say. I'm tremendously impressed and also bewildered. I'll bet I could improve if I could get to France. You know, they've got some of the finest art schools in the world there. And they've got beautiful things to paint, too. Flowers and castles and rivers. But here in this desert, it's just the same thing over and over again. Don't you realize there are probably thousands of artists in France today who are saying, I'd find a really big theme for my canvas if I could only get out to Arizona. I know. A lot of people come out here and go crazy about the desert. They say it's full of mystery and it's haunted and all that. Well, maybe it is. But there's something in me that makes me want something different. I know there's something in you. I wish I could figure out what it is. Listen, you've been in France. What are they like there? Well, it's rather difficult to render a sweeping judgment. I've imagined that they must all be like Lyon. Happy, reckless, and poetic. No, I shouldn't call them any of those things. Especially not reckless. But they're always having a good time, aren't they? Not invariably. Maybe I know them better than you do because it's in my blood. Sometimes I can feel as though I were sparkling all over, and I just don't care what happens. I want to go out and do something that's absolutely crazy and marvelous. But then the American part of me speaks up and spoils everything. It makes me go to work and figure out a lot of dull accounts and so many pounds of coffee, so many frankfurters, so many rolls. You keep the accounts correctly? If I didn't, this place would be bankrupt. Then that's the French part of you. The sparkle must be 100% American. Would you like to marry a Frenchman? 
I don't want to marry anybody. I want to always be free. How about that stalwart youth out there in the football jersey? What makes you think I'd take any notice of him? Well, when I came in here... Oh, sure. He was kissing me. That's nothing. Perhaps. But there's always the chance of development. He's trying to make me. That's all he wants. Do you think he'll succeed? I haven't decided yet. It would be experience, and that's what I need. Do you think I ought to give in? Don't ask me, Gabrielle. Let your French blood guide you. It's infallible in matters like that. But you ought to know something. You've seen a lot, and you've written a book. And you've been married. I don't know anything. You see, the trouble with me is, I belong to a vanishing race. I'm one of the intellectuals. That means you've got brains. I can see you have. Yes. Brains without purpose. Shape without substance. Have you ever read The Hollow Men? No? Don't. It's discouraging because it's true. It refers to the intellectuals who thought they'd conquered nature. They dammed it up and used its waters to irrigate the wastelands. They wrapped it up in cellophane and sold it to drugstores. They were so certain they had it subdued. And now, do you realize what it is that's causing world chaos? No. Well, I'm probably the only living person who can tell you. It's nature hitting back. Not with the old weapons, floods, plagues, holocausts. We can neutralize them. She's fighting back with strange instruments called neuroses. She's deliberately afflicting mankind with the jitters. Nature is proving that she can't be beaten. Not by the likes of us. <laughs> Forgive me, Gabrielle. I can't tell you what a luxury it is to have someone to talk to. <sighs> but don't listen to me. I was born just too late for the Great War and too soon for the Revolution. You're a war baby. You may be an entirely different species for all I know. One of nature's own children, perhaps. You're the only one who can say whether or not you should yield to the ardors of number 42 out there. Ah, that beard is excellent. You know, you talk like a goddamn fool. I know it. No wonder your wife kicked you out. And no wonder she fell for you in the first place. That sounds alarmingly like a compliment. It is a compliment. What did you say your name was? Alan Squire. I've been calling you Gabrielle, so you'd better... Where are you going from here, Alan? That depends on where this road leads. It leads to the petrified forest. What's that? Oh, just a lot of dead old trees in the desert that have turned to stone. The petrified forest. A suitable haven for me. Perhaps that's what I'm destined for, to make an interesting fossil for future study. Homo semi-americanus, a specimen of the in-between age. I was just thinking, I'd like to go to France with you. Oh, no, Gabrielle. I could never retrace my footsteps. You mean you haven't enough money? Even that is an understatement. I haven't enough either, yet. But I can do this with my thumb as well as you can. We'd reach a point on the Atlantic coast where even that gesture would be unavailing. You know, Alan, there's something about you that's very appealing. Appealing? Yes, that's been my downfall. It was that very quality which led me into the gigolo trade. Why wouldn't you like to be a gigolo for me? For one very good reason. You couldn't afford it. But I will be able to afford it. On your share of this property? <laughs> Listen... I've got more than that coming to me. Do you know how much Grandpa's got salted away in the bank in Santa Fe? 
$22,000 in Liberty bonds, and it's all willed to me. I guess we could travel pretty far on that, couldn't we? Too far. We could go to France, and you'd show me everything. All the cathedrals and the art and explain everything. And you wouldn't have to marry me, Alan. We'd just live in sin and have one hell of a time. That's a startling proposal, Gabrielle. I hadn't expected to receive anything like that in this desert. We'd have to wait, maybe years, but I could have Bose fired and give you the job tending the gas station. You think you'd like to have me for a companion? I know I would. And I don't make mistakes. You're no white man, Alan. But you're lovable. Lovable? The next grade below appealing. Wouldn't you like to be loved by me? Yes, Gabrielle. I should like to be loved by you. You think I'm attractive? There are better words than that for what you are. Then why don't we at least make a start of it? You haven't got anything else to do. No, that's just it. You couldn't live very long with a man who had nothing else to do but worship you. That's a dull kind of love, Gabrielle. It's the kind of love that makes people old too soon. But I thank you for the suggestion. You've opened up a new channel of my imagination, which will be pleasant to explore during my lonely wanderings. I'll think of the chimes of Bourges and you and sin. You're going now? Yes. And I shall continue going until either I drop or that major artist emerges to announce his message to posterity. Well, I can't stop you. No, Gabrielle, you can't. But you can do me one great favor before I go. Would you mind very much if I kissed you goodbye? No, I wouldn't mind. You understand that it'd be nothing more? I understand. It'd be just a kiss, that's all. That's absolutely all. Aha! So that's what's been going on in here. Neckin', huh? Who the hell are you? Lay off him, Bose. Just because she's cute and sweet, you thought you could get fresh, huh? He didn't get fresh. He only wanted to kiss me goodbye. Yes, uh, the impulse is rather hard to explain, but I... You needn't wait to explain it. Pay your check and get out. Very well. How much do I owe, Miss Maple? Thirty cents. Is that all he ate? Yes, shut up. Thirty cents, eh? Very reasonable. Very reasonable indeed. But that brings us to another embarrassment. I, I haven't got thirty cents. I haven't anything. Well, by God, I didn't expect to find such nerve in anybody that looked like you. What are you going to do about it? I haven't the remotest. What have you got in your pack there? Uh, shirts, underwear, socks, toothbrush, passport, an insurance policy, and a copy of Modern Man in Search of a Soul by Dr. Jung. You thought you could pay with a kiss, did you? Thought if you brought a little romance into her poor, starved life, the check would be forgotten, did you? Take your hands off him, Bose. Go on, Alan. You better beat it. I'll go. I'll give you just a little head start. Bose, you let Allie, go of him. You... Watch it! Watch it! Excuse me. Where is the ladies' room, please? This way, madam. That door there on your left. Thank you. We want 15 gallons and a quart of oil. Be right with you. 
I shall be outside, Mr. Chisholm. Very well, Joseph. You ready to leave? Just a moment. My rucksack. Get on the job, Bose. Yeah. Yeah, I got a job for you, young man. What kind of cigars have you? Admiration, White Owl, and Texas Dandies. How much are your Texas Dandies? Three for a dime. Let me have an admiration. Come far? Yes, we've driven from Dayton, Ohio. We're on our way out to Santa Barbara for the winter. I lost a great deal of time today as I wanted Mrs. Tism to see the Gila Cliff dwellings. She was rather disappointed. How far is it to the Phoenix Biltmore? It's a good 200 miles from here. Your change? Hmm. I imagine we can make it by midnight. You'll have to step. What kind of car are you driving? Duesenberg. Goodbye, Miss Maple. Just a minute, Alan. Excuse me, sir. What? Would you have room in your car for another party? Who is it? This friend of mine, Mr. Squire. He's on his way to the coast, and he... He hasn't got a car just now. He's an author. Have you any luggage? Just this, sir, on my back. Just a moment. Joseph! Where'd you come from? From Saint-Tropez. That's on the Riviera. (laughs) Yes, Mr. Chisholm? I know where it is. Joseph, do you think it's all right to give this man a lift to Phoenix? You've you've been there? Yes. It's a lovely spot, Saint-Tropez. Yes. I guess he's all right, Mr. Chisholm. Very well. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Thank you very much, Mr. Chisholm. And thank you, Miss Maple. I'll remember your kindness. I forgot to give you your change. Oh, no. I wanted you to keep that. Can't you read the sign? Tipping is un-American. We don't allow it. Here, take it. I... I can't very well pretend that I don't need... Perhaps Mr. Chisholm will take you all the way to the coast... And when you get there, send me a picture postcard with a view of the Pacific Ocean. I like pictures of the sea. Oh, there you are, dear. This is Mr... uh, Mr. Squire. uh, Mr. Squire, darling. We're giving him a lift as far as the Phoenix Biltmore. It's all right. Joseph went over him. How do you do, Mrs. Chisholm? How do you do? Are we ready to start? Just been waiting for you. Uh, Come along, Mr. Squire. I suppose I'll never see you again. No. That's the way it is in a gas station. They come and they go. But somehow or other, I'll repay that dollar. God knows when. Perhaps we'll run into each other someday in Bourges. Goodbye, Gabrielle. Goodbye, Alan.
I didn't realize it had gotten so dark. Neon sign. Took pity on that poor panhandler. What's that? I slipped him a dime. You did? Eh, I tried to, but he wouldn't take it. He said, I don't deserve your kindness, and handed it back. <laughs> Funny thing about a guy like that, he'll hold you up for a meal and won't think nothing of it. But when it comes to taking money, they suddenly discover they've got some pride. I appreciate that very much, Bose. That was very kind. Why, uh, say, you talk as if you were nuts about him. I'm not nuts about him, but now and then you see somebody that's just a natural object of charity. Well, if he appreciated it so much, how about being a little nice to me for a change? I'd like to be nice to you. I'd like to be nice to everybody. You can be, Gabby. Listen, how about us taking a little walk around the mesa? But suppose a car came along wanting something. You know there's practically no traffic at this time of night. How about it, sweetheart? But suppose someone did come. And what if they did? The old man and the Mexican woman could take care of them in a pinch. Where where you going? Wait up. Listen, honey, sweet. You've got to grow up sometime. And before you can grow up, you've got to stop being afraid. I'm not afraid. Oh, yes, you are. You think I'm something terrible and you've got to keep away from me. But I'm not so bad, Gabby. I'm just a big guy with a good heart. And I'm full of love, honey. And so are you. You don't know it yet, but you are. And when we get out in the moonlight, you'll be glad I suggested it. Honestly, you will, honey sweet. <sighs> All right, I'm not holding you against your will. I'm not trying to force you into anything that's wrong. I didn't say you were. It isn't wrong, except in the minds of old cranks that have forgotten how to love, if they ever knew. My God, it's the most natural thing in the world for two people like us that are young and clean, and why, it'd be wrong if we didn't take the chance when we've got it. Do you know what he said? What who said? He said we'd been trying to fight nature, and we thought we'd licked it because we'd built a lot of dams and cellophane and things like that but that's where we're wrong and that's what's the matter with the world we've got to admit that nature can't be beaten well isn't that what i've been trying to tell you all along i guess it is bose you're coming with me aren't you sweetheart you're gonna find out things about nature more wonderful and exciting than anything you've ever dreamed of aren't you honey sweet oh what the hell I'll go out with you, Bose. We'd better go now. Okay, Gabby. Oh, come here, you beautiful kid. <gasps> I'll get rid of them fast. They've got guns. 
Hiya, folks. Now just behave yourselves and nobody will get hurt. Uh, who's the boss here? Uh, he's out. Uh, why don't we all step inside and get comfortable? Got any guns on you? No. Say hello to Duke Mantee, folks. He's the world-famous killer, and he's hungry. What's in there? Been in there? That's the kitchen, and in there's our bedrooms. You two married? No, he just works here. Anybody else in? My grandfather's in the kitchen, and the cook. There's nobody in there. Bring him in, Jackie. Okay, Duke. Hey, Slim. Yeah, boss. Back that car into the shadow and stay with it. Doggy tea? You'll eat. Hey, Ruby, pull that table over here. Keep your mitts up, pal. <coughs> Take a look around in there, Ruby. How long do we stay here? Until they get here. You're gonna wait for that blonde? Get out. Okay. Football player, eh? Yeah, and you better not let me get close enough to take a sock at you. Sit down there, halfback. What have you got to eat, sister? Here, take a look. Thanks. I used to be quite a football fan. What's your school? Nevada Tech. Never heard of it. Don't shoot me, mister. Don't kill me. In the name of the Holy Mother of God, don't kill me, mister. These two were in the kitchen, like the girl said. The old man and... Pepita here. <laughs> no, don't touch me with that gun. Quiet, Pepita, quiet. We ain't gonna do you any harm. Paula, come over here by me. Oh, Miss Gavi, don't let them kill me. All we're gonna do is ask you to cook something. You wouldn't mind that, would you, Pepita? No, mister. I swear to God, I cook anything. You just tell me. <laughs> All right, Pepito, we got that settled. <laughs> so you're Duke Mantia? You're the killer. Yes, Pop. That's the greatest killer alive today. Did you hear what happened in Oklahoma City? Yes, I heard. You pulled off a massacre. Who said it was a massacre? Denver Post. Let me see it. Put that paper down. Did it say how many we killed? Six killed and four wounded. Did you hear that, Duke? We killed six and wounded four. Got any steak, sister? Only hamburger. And we got chicken, mister. Two of the wounded's not expected to live. All right. Cook the chicken and four hamburgers and plenty of onions. Boy, that was some massacre. Uh, nobody in there, boss. Uh, there's a good window at the end of the hall with a four-foot drop to the ground right by where the car is. Take a look around outside. Tell Slim not to hit that horn unless somebody comes up that really looks like trouble. And then to hit it plenty. Okay. Bring us beer for the bunch, sister. You fellas like to join us? I never touch it. I guess I'll have whiskey. No, none for you, Graham. She says I can't have even a little one. Let him have it, sister. Sure. It can only be young once. Can I begin cooking now, mister? Yeah. Go with her, Jackie. Come on, Pepita. 
And while the chicken's in the oven, you and me will have a little fun, hey, kid? <laughs> Hey, Ruby, sit down over there and keep that gun in your lap. Okay. Hey, Duke, can I go over to my rocket chair? No. Sit down there, Pop, or we can keep an eye on you. Oh, but I... Sit down. You needn't think I'm scared of you. I'm no real killer for my time. And they knew how to make a six-shooter act like a machine gun. Do you ever hear a fanning? No. Well, you'd file down the trigger catch so that the hammer worked free, and then you'd fan it like this. Pew, 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 pew. Wild Bill Hickok once knocked over five men that way. They was lined up at a bar, and they- Gabrielle, Gabrielle. Alan, what did you come back for? Uh, there are- there's some bandits around here. Yes, yeah, so they, we they heard. They got in ahead of us about a mile down the road, and they made us stop and get out, and then they got into Mr. Chisholm's car and drove off. They said we could take their car, but they'd left it locked. They were terrible-looking cutthroats with a lot of guns and ammunition. Bose, could you come with me back there and see if you can unlock that... Look out, Alan. <clears throat> oh, so we meet again. <laughs> it looks like... Sit down, pal. Sit there. Why, thanks. I'd be delighted to. Wait a minute. I'll just take this rucksack, pal. That's Duke Man T. <laughs> we were looking at this picture. Remember? Yes, I remember. Join us in a glass of beer? Why, thank you. But might I have some whiskey instead? Certainly. Give him a drink, sister. And how about turning on the radio? See? <laughs> what I tell you? Look at that chin! He's a killer, all right. He's a gangster and a rat. Shh. He ain't a gangster. He's a real old-time desperado. Gangsters is foreigners. He's an American. And if the sheriffs find out he's here, we'll see some real killing, <laughs> won't we? The cops ain't likely to catch up with us, not tonight. So we can all be quiet and peaceable, have a few beers together, and listen to the music. And not make any wrong moves. Because, I may as well tell you folks, old Ruby there... With the machine gun, he's pretty nervous and jumpy. And he's got the itch between his fingers. So let's everybody stay where they are. Let them be killing. All evening long, I've had a feeling of destiny closing in. Mr. Mantee, do you believe in astrology? I couldn't say, pal. I don't, normally. But just now, as I was walking along that road, I began to feel the enchantment of this desert. I looked up at the sky, and the stars seemed to be reproving me. They were pointing out the way to that gleaming sign out there and saying, There's the end of your tether. You thought you could escape it and skip off to the Phoenix Biltmore, but we know better. That's what the stars told me, and perhaps they know that carnage is imminent and that I'm due to be among the fallen. <sighs> it's a fascinating thought. Uh, let's skip it. 
Here's to happy days. Yes, sir. It sure is pleasant to have a killer around here again. Yes, it's pleasant to be back again among the living. Happy days. This ends Act One of The Petrified Forest, starring the Narada Radio Company. We'll be back in a moment with the second act of our production, after station identification. This is the Mutual Audio Network. Welcome back to Mutual's presentation of The Petrified Forest, starring the Narada Radio Company under the direction of Pete Lutz. It's now about a half hour since the action depicted in Act One. Duke Manti, the fugitive killer, and his cohort Jackie are finishing their meal at a table on the right-hand side of the Black Mesa Barbecue. Ruby, another gang member, is sitting on a stool at the long counter, drinking coffee and watching everything. One hand still holds a deadly machine gun in his lap. Gramp Maple and Paula the Cook are seated at the left-hand table. Bose and Alan Squire sit at a table at the center. Gabby alone is permitted to move about, and right now she's refilling coffee cups and removing empty dishes from the tables. Anderson I was telling you about, he didn't kill for business reasons, like you fellers. <laughs> he killed just for the fun of it. He fit all through the Civil War, and he never stopped talking about it as long as he lived. It was a regular paradise for killing. That's what he always said. <laughs> He'd stick a Johnny Reb with his bayonet, throw him over his shoulder, and then stick another. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Say, Pop, I wish you wouldn't talk too much about blood while we're eating. Got it on your conscience, eh? On my what? Yeah, I thought so. Punk like you hasn't got any more conscience than a coyote. Listen to the halfback. How much did you get for playing on the team? I worked my way through college. Oh, how nice. Wait a minute, smart guy. I got something to show you. Keep your hand off your hip. I was only going to show him a newspaper clipping that said I ought to be All-American. <laughs> I scared you, didn't I? I'd be a little tactful, Bose. Remember, they're your guests. Don't antagonize them, Bose. They're a bunch of yellow dogs. That's what made them turn crooked in the first place. No, no, no. Cowardice isn't the cause of crime. It has something to do with glands. They just haven't got the guts to face the bigger problems of life. They've got to fight their way with guns instead of with principles. 
Step over to the far side of the room, halfback. Oh, you're gonna kill him? See, it's just like I said. Come on. This shotgun scatters. And you wouldn't want me to hurt this cute dame, would you? Coming up in a few moments, a special news bulletin. I'm not afraid to die. Come on, move. Step up that radio, will you, sister? Sit down, Jackie. Did you hear what he said? Sit down, you two football. We know you're all anxious to hear the latest bulletins concerning the greatest manhunt in human history. A monster dragnet has been cast over the entire Southwest from St. Louis to the Pacific Coast. National Guardsmen are cooperating with state police and the famed Texas Rangers, as well as countless local posses and American Legion posts in a determined effort to apprehend members of the notorious Manti Gang. To bring to justice this fierce, colorful band of murderers, kidnappers, and bank robbers, perpetrators of the shocking massacre in Oklahoma City. Take a bow, Duke. The gang made its escape in two cars, one of which contained Manti and three other men, the other car containing three men and one woman. The Manti car was seen early this morning at Tularosa and later at Hillsboro in New Mexico. The second car was positively identified at Esteline in the Texas Panhandle when it stopped at the local police station, held it up, and departed with a large supply of guns and ammunition. Nice going, boys. I don't see how they did it with Doris along to just shut up. Both cars are undoubtedly heading for the border, but it is considered certain that they haven't reached it due to the number and vigilance of the patrols. Wartime conditions prevail on all the roads of western Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. And you know how the officers of the law are in this red-blooded frontier region. They shoot first and ask questions afterward. Yeah. Shut up. The governor of Arizona has issued the following statement. Quote, as long as Manti and his followers are at large, a blot of shame will mar the proud sketching of these United States. Any citizen who knowingly gives aid or comfort to these public enemies is a traitor to his country and will be answerable before the great bar of public opinion, unquote. I'll now give you the scores of the leading football games of the day. Carnegie Tech 13, Miami 7, Washington State 19. Turn it off, sister. Navy 21, Virginia 6. You hear that, Pepita? You're a traitor for cooking for us. They'll string you up for that. If they can find a tree around here. The Holy Mother of God knows you put a gun in my stomach and said, You cook. Sure, she knows. But that don't count with the governor. We're public enemies. Ruby, go on out to the car and tell Slim to come in and get his supper. And tell him to bring in that sack of ammo in the roadmap. And you stay out there and keep awake. Yeah, okay. Are you gonna make a run for the board, boys? Oh, sure. We'll give you our whole route before we leave, so as you can tell the hick cops and have him give us a nice motorcycle escort. Hi, everybody. About time you got around to asking me in. Here's your map, boss. Lord God. Look what they done done to that chicken. Nothing left but bones. Cook him some hamburger, sister. All right, mister. But you people better tell that Mr. Governor that I didn't want to do Go it. Go with her, Slim. Okay, boss. I guess I don't get to eat with the white folks. Look around in there and see if you can find any rope. Okay, boss. Hey, when are we going to lamb out of here? When it's time. Sure. As soon as the Duke connects with that heavy date. Eh? Well, I don't like that dame stuff. I like to get out of range. Okay, here's Arizona. And right. we're, uh... We're here. Right there. The, yeah, the best road out of here is maybe down 20... 
Mr. Squire, how about passing that bottle over this way? Why, certainly, forgive me. No, Gramp, you've had all you're going to get. I'm very sorry. Oh, that's all right. What are you doing, Pop? Just reaching for my pipe. Go ahead, Pop. <laughs> Thanks, Duke. <laughs> How long are you yeggs going to stick around here? Keep quiet, halfback. The longer the better to suit me, because the U.S. government is after you, and pretty soon they'll be sending for your relatives to identify the bodies, <laughs> and it'll probably be the first good look at you they've had in years. You'd better do what you're told and keep your trap shut. That's good advice, Bose. Because those, those glandular phenomena I was talking about manifest themselves in sudden and violent ways. How are you going to pay for all that liquor you're drinking? I can pay and will pay, Bose. For every drop, I have a dollar. Oh, you have? So you were holding out on us when you lied no, about me. No, no, no. I've acquired it since then. Where'd you get it? Probably those rich people gave it to him. Now lay off. Here's some clothesline, boss. Throw it down. So you turned down my dime and accepted their dollar. Your pride has its price, eh? If you must know, I'll tell you the extent of my pride. Gabrielle gave me the dollar. She did? You did? It's none of your goddamn business what I do. So, feeling generous tonight, eh? Listen, you... Would you like to know just what she was going to give me when these rats showed up? Would you like to know? Well, speaking of rats, of all the low, slimy, stinking... No, Gabby. You mustn't blame Bose for anything he says now. He's a man of muscle, and he's suffering from the pangs of frustration. I say you're a dirty, low, stinking... I, I didn't mean it, Gabby. Then why the hell did you start? I'm terribly sorry, honey sweet. Uh, they've got me absolutely crazy mad with those shotguns and machine guns staring me in the face. That's all it is. I didn't know what I was saying. Will you please forgive me, Gabby? No, never. Uh, all, all right. I sympathize with you utterly, Bose. Did you ever read All Quiet on the Western Front? No. Well, all of us here tonight are under very much the same tension. You'd better have a drink, old man. Chin Chin. I love you, Gabby. Oh. I love you, sweetheart. And if I thought I'd done or said anything to hurt you, I'd go over and I'd hang one on those yeggs and die for it, gladly. Please tell me you forgive me, honey sweet. Uh, excuse me. Would you rather I left? Stay where you are. But I'm intruding. Sit down. All right. That's all right, Alan. We've got nothing to hide, have we, Bose? No. Worse luck. See, I told you he'd been trying to make me. Hmm? Now, listen. And tonight, just after you left, he went at it again. And I decided I was ready to give in to him and find out what it's like. That's a dirty trick. Tell him that before a total stranger. Honestly, Bose, I'm not blaming you. Not for an instant. I'll say this much for you, Bose. You can really put on the sweet talk when you get going. I wasn't putting on any act. I told you I was full of love and I was telling the truth. And I don't care who knows it. Go back to the kitchen, Jackie, and show Slim the map. Okay, Duke. Full of love, are you, halfback? 
And don't let that Mexican twist hear you mention the names of any of those towns. I'll be careful. I don't want to die. I got a dame, too. Keep it up, halfback. I'm rooting for you. Touchdown! <laughs> it doesn't make any difference to you what I'm trying to tell you, because you don't know what it means to be really crazy about somebody. For all you know, maybe I do. I don't believe it. Who have you ever... Really- Give me a cigar, will you, sister? We've got admiration, white owl, and Texas dandies. Whatever costs the most. You fellers gonna spend the night here? Can't say, Pop. Maybe we'll decide to get buried here. Thanks, sister. You'd better come with me, Duke. I'm planning to be buried in the petrified forest. I've been evolving a theory that would interest you. It's the graveyard of the civilization that's been shot from under us. It's the world of outmoded ideas. Platonism, patriotism, Christianity, romance. There are all so many dead stumps in the desert. That's where I belong, and so do you, Duke. For you're the last great apostle of rugged individualism, aren't you? Maybe you're right, pal. I'm eternally right, but what use do I make of it? I couldn't say. Who are you ever crazy about? Is it any of your business? Everything about you is my business. Well, if you gotta know, it's him. What? I was just telling Bose that I'm crazy about you. That panhandler? You don't know the worst of it. He's more than a panhandler. He's a gigolo. Did you ever see him before? No, but that doesn't matter. I love him. I don't think I'll ever love anybody else. Can I possibly be drunk? You will be if you keep hitting that rye. How did it happen, Gabby? I don't know. Just something. I swear before God, Bose, I wasn't trying to be seductive. No, I don't believe you could even try. After you left, Alan, I felt as if something had been taken out of me. Like I'd come out of a dream. I know I'm just another desert rat, and I'd better stop thinking so much about going to France and art and dancing in the streets. And I'd better make the most of what I can find right here. But do you know what I asked him, Bose? I asked him to let me go away with him and live in sin. But you wouldn't have done it, Alan, even if we'd had the money, would you? No, Gabrielle. You see, he doesn't give a hoot in hell for me. I saw that plainly enough, and it only made me love him all the more. And that's why I was willing to go out into the moonlight with you, Bose, when Duke Mantee came in. I'm sorry, sister. I don't like to interfere with anybody's fun. Oh, that's all right. It was probably all for the best. Yes. When I look at you, I guess it was. I'm sorry now that I came back. Ah, let me have a drink of that stuff. Gabby, whatever happens, don't move. What? Shh. When I went out before, it was the poignant ending to a, an idyllic interlude. But now it's spoiled. I can't go forth quite so gracefully now. You're sorry you heard the real truth? I told you that I'm the type of person to whom the truth is always distasteful. That wife of yours must have been terrible. She talked all the heart out of you. I could put it back, Alan. No, don't delude yourself. If you have love and don't know what to do with it, why don't you lavish it on Duke Mantee? There's your real mate, another child of nature. 
You'd better not drink any more of that rye. It's not the rye. It's the same disease that's afflicting bows. Impotence! Sit down, pal. What do you care whether I sit or stand? What can I do to assail your superiority? I gotta think about my health, pal. If I had a machine gun, I wouldn't know what to do with it. I want to talk to him. Me? You can talk sitting down. I heard you doing it. Very well. What's on your mind? Those liberty bonds of yours buried in Santa Fe. How do you know about them? What are you going to do with them? Gonna leave them right where they are. Yes, leave them where they are. Your granddaughter is stifling and suffocating this desert when a few of your thousands would give her the chance to claim her birthright. Yeah, and maybe give you the chance to steal it. I've heard what you've been saying. That's a low way to justify your stinginess. Oh, I know you were a pioneer once, but what are you now? A mean old miser, hanging on to that money as though it meant something. Why in God's name don't you die and do the world some good? <clears throat> Must be drunk. Yeah, drunk. Or just about the lowest grade son of a bitch I ever run across. What do you mean talking to an old man like that? Say, boss, uh, there's three people coming down the road, two men and a woman. They look to me like the owners of that Duesenberg. Okay, keep quiet when they get here. Yeah, it's all right out here. Uh, you can see plain in the moonlight. It's kind of nice to look at, too. I admit it, Duke. I was guilty of bad taste. And I apologize, Mr. Maple. Sure. You'd better crawl. Or I might have to put the lug on you. Talking to an old man like that. Listen, Duke. If you had any of Robin Hood in you, you'd go to Santa Fe and rob that bank and give it to her before it's too late for her to use it as it should be used. She'll get it when she needs it, when she has a family of her own to support and probably a good-for-nothing unemployed husband. Gotcha! Put him up. Now I've gotcha. I've been waiting for this chance. I've been watching every move you made. Oh! Jackie, get that gun. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Hey, get back there or I'll shoot you dead. Oh, oh. grief. Are you hurt, Bose? Give me that Tommy gun, Jackie. Uh, he got me in the hand. So you tried to be brave, did you? Fish those two, Ruby. Let us out of here. We didn't have anything to do with this. Shut up. I won't have that man pawing me. Get back to the car, Ruby. They're harmless, Duke. Sit down over there, folks. The one in the middle. Come on, step. You? You're the chauffeur? Over there at the counter. Take him in and bandage him, sister. He'll be all right. Go with him, Jackie. And you better take that line and tie him up and leave him back there. Oh, God. I had a chance and I left it. I could have got Mantee and got him good. Tough luck, Halfback. You made a nice try. Damn it. Why did those people pick that moment to come in here? Say, boss, we better let him out of here. We go when I say so. Okay, but if any more people come in here, we'll have to be sitting out for recruits. Hi, you colored brother. Good evening. What? Finish your supper, Slim. You sure you don't need me? They almost got you that time. Almost ain't good enough. Go on. Okay, boss. See you later, Deacon. Hey, Duke, did you mean to hit him in the hand, or was that a bad shot? 
It was a bad shot, Pop. But I had to get it off fast. Now listen. I let that mug make a mug out of me. But don't nobody try that again. Just keep in mind that I and the boys are candidates for hanging. And the minute anybody makes the wrong move, I'm going to kill the whole lot of you. So keep your seats. Are you Man T? Yes, pal. I knew it was a mistake to take that hitchhiker into the car. I don't see what he had to do with it. He certainly didn't help matters much. I'm afraid that's unanswerable, Mrs. Chisholm. I've not helped matters at all up to now. Um, Duke... Would you mind passing me that rucksack that's on the bench beside you? What do you want with it? I want to get out my life insurance policy. If you reach in there, you'll find it in a bundle of papers. What do you want with your insurance? Expected to die? You guessed it, Mr. Maple. Catch. Uh, Thank you. Now, can I take out my fountain pen? It's in this pocket. Okay. What about my car? That's a nice bus you got there. Are you going to return it to me? And my baggage? You're likely to get the car back. Let's hope it won't be all full of bullet holes and blood. There's one little traveling case with some... some things I need. Can I please have that? I took a look in that case. You're going to steal it? Yes, ma'am. I got a friend that likes rubies. You're a filthy thief! Yes, ma'am. A cheap, contemptible, crooked thief! Uh, Be quiet, Edith. We're in his hands. There's nothing we can do but hope someday that the United States government will take some measures to protect the lives and property of its citizens. Duke, I have a great favor to ask of you. Yeah? I don't think you'll refuse it, because you're a man of imagination. You're not afraid to do, um, rather outlandish things. What are you getting at? This insurance policy, it's my only asset. It's for $5,000, and it was made out in favor of my wife. But she's a rich woman, and she doesn't need that money. I've written on the policy that I want the money paid to Miss Maple, that young woman in there. If Mr. and Mrs. Chisholm will witness my signature, I'm sure it will be all right. My wife will never contest it. Well, what I'm getting at is this, Duke. After they've signed, I'd be much obliged if you'd just kill me. It couldn't make any difference to you, Duke. After all, if they catch you, they could only hang you once. And you can't be bothered by humane considerations. You'd have a hard time finding a more suitable candidate for extermination. I'll be mourned by no one. You see, Duke, in killing me, you'd only be executing the sentence of the law. I mean, natural law. Survival of the fittest. (laughs) God, he is drunk. Sure, and having a fine time showing off. Of course I'm showing off. I'm trying to outdo Bose in gallantry. But is there anything unnatural in that? Bose was ready to sacrifice his life to become an all-American star, and I'm ready to do likewise. Can't you two see I mean it? I am afraid I'm not greatly interested in your whimsicalities. I don't blame you. But you must remember that this is a weird country we're in. These mesas are enchanted, and you have to be prepared for the improbable. I'm only asking that you attest 
to my signature on this. I believe you do mean it. Good for you, Mrs. Chisholm. You're a kindred spirit. I'll bet that you too have been thrilled by a tale of two cities. You're in love with her, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I suppose I am. And not unreasonably. She has heroic stuff in her. I want to show her that I believe in her. And how else can I do it? Living, I'm worth nothing to her. Dead, I can buy her the tallest cathedrals and golden vineyards and dancing in the streets. One well-directed bullet will accomplish that. This document will be my ticket to immortality. It will inspire people to say of me, there was an artist who died before his time. Will you do it, Duke? I'll be glad to. Then can I have this signed? Sure. Is he by any chance insane? Don't ask me. He's no friend of mine. Of course he's insane, but what of it? Thank you, Mrs. Chisholm. Please sign where I've written, witnessed this day. I'm going to entrust this to you, Mr. Maple. And after I... After the Duke has obliged, put it in the hands of some good lawyer for collection. My passport is on that table for identification purposes. Thank you very much. Here, Mr. Maple. Let me know when you want to be killed. Pick your own moment, Duke. Say, just before you leave. But I'd prefer to have her think that you did it in cold blood. Will you all please remember that? Okay, pal. But for the time being, you better sit down. You might get to feeling reckless. <laughs> yes, of course. Now I think we'd all better have a drink. Good. Oh, uh, hello, Mr. Slim. Would you mind passing glasses to Mr. and Mrs. Chisholm? Sure. Say, boss, let's slam it out of here. I don't like all them big windows. We gotta give them more time. You oughtn't to trust a dame. They probably got lost down there in the panhandle. They know this country like a book. Doris was the one who picked this place for meeting up. Well, I wish to God she'd show up. Where's that cook? She's all right. I locked her up. Here you go, folks. Hey, I'll have a little of that, too. Sure thing. Don't give it to him, Slim. The girl says he oughtn't to have it. Better not, Mr. Maple. We'll all need clear heads for what's to come. My head's never been muddled yet. Here, brother. You better take one. Is it all right, Mr. Chisholm? Listen to him. Is it all right, Mr. Chisholm? Ain't you heard about the big liberation? Come on, take your drink, weasel. Go ahead, Joseph. Thank you, sir. All right, then. Do you think it's legal? Seems so to me. But I'd like to tell you just one thing, my friend. And what is that, Mr. Maple? There ain't a woman alive or ever did live that's worth $5,000. And let me tell you one thing. You're a forgetful old fool. Any woman is worth everything that any man has to give. Anguish, ecstasy, faith, jealousy, love, hatred, life or death. Don't you see? That's the excuse for our existence. It's what makes the whole thing possible and tolerable. When you've reached my age, you'll learn better sense. Did you hear that? I heard. That lovely girl. That granddaughter of yours. Do you know what she is? No, you don't. 
You haven't the remotest idea. What is she? She's the future. She's the renewal of vitality and courage and aspiration. All the strength that has gone out of you. Hell, I can't say what she is, but she's essential to me and the whole damned country and the whole miserable world. And please, Mrs. Chisholm, please don't look at me quizzically. I know how I sound. I'm wondering if you really believe all that. I mean, about women. Of course I do. And there's a man who agrees with me. Don't you, Duke? I don't know, pal. I wasn't listening. Then permit me to speak for you. He could have been over the border long ago and safe, but he prefers to stay here and risk his life. And do you know why? Why? Because he has a rendezvous with a girl. Isn't that true, Duke? Yes, pal. That's it. Do you mean to say you ever have time for romance? Not much, lady. Certainly he has. Just like the Knights of the Round Table, between dragons. I guess we're all a lot of saps. But I wouldn't be surprised if this guy was the champion. Did you think I was kidding when I said I'd be glad to knock you off? I hope that neither of us was kidding. Did you think I was? I just wanted to make sure. Say, what are you talking about? Shut up. You gave me the idea, Duke, when you called me a low-grade son of a bitch. Forgive me, Mrs. Chisholm. I hope you don't object to that phrase. Not in the least. I take it back. You're all right, pal. You've got good ideas. I'll try to fix it so it won't hurt. You're all right, too, Duke. I'd like to meet you again someday. Maybe it'll be soon. You know, this frightful place has suddenly become quite cozy. That's my doing, Mrs. Chisholm. You ought to thank me for having taken it out of the realms of reality. I'm going to see something at last, and after that dreadful dull day of looking at cliff dwellings. Do you realize, Arthur, that we're going to be witnesses at a murder? He's actually going to shoot him. Shh! Be careful, please, Mr. Chisholm. Uh, Hello, Gabrielle. How's Bose? He'll be all right. Did you tie him up good? Yeah, in the bathroom. Say, Duke, it's after 10 o'clock. Yeah, boss. We'll give him a few more minutes. A few more minutes. Not so much more time, pal. I'll step out and see how Ruby's doing. Listen, Graham, I've got an idea. We ought to sell out right away tomorrow. It's the best chance we'll ever have because this place is going to get advertised all over the country and people will be flocking here to see where Duke Mantee stopped. I'll bet Dana Trimble will boost his offer for sure. You still aiming to take that trip to France? No, the hell with that. I'm asking you to do it for Dad's sake. Let him get located in Los Angeles, and maybe I'll find that writer with Warner Brothers, and maybe I'll get a job, and then we'll all be rich. Uh, don't sound likely to me. You can't tell, Gramp. There might be a great future for Dad in the Legion. That's what he wants. And you ought to give him a whack at it. And would you be content with that? I'm not thinking about myself. I don't care what happens to me. But you must think about yourself. You want to be a great painter, don't you? Then you'll have to get used to being a colossal egotist, selfish to the core. Are you going to give me more advice? You and your talk about nature? I thought you told me never to listen to you. I I did, 
But well, that's all the advice I'm going to take. Do you mind if I speak up, my dear? Perhaps I could tell you some things that... What do you know about me? Nothing. If I were you, Edith, I'd keep out of this. Arthur, you haven't the remotest conception of what's inside me, and you never have had, and you never will have, as long as you live out your stuffy, astigmatic life. Listen, my dear, I don't know about you, but I know what it means to repress yourself and starve yourself through what you conceive to be your duty to others. I've been through that. When I was just about your age, I went to Salzburg because I'd had a nervous breakdown after I came out. And I went to a psychoanalyst there and he told me I had every right to be a great actress. He gave me a letter to Max Reinhardt and I might have played the nun in The Miracle. But my family, of course, started yapping about my obligations to them who had given me everything, including life. At least they called it life. They whisked me back to Dayton to take my place in the Junior League and the Country Club and the DAR and everything else that's foul and obscene. And before I knew it, I was married to this pillar of the mortgage, loan and trust. And what did he do? He took my soul and had it stenciled on a card and then filed it away in a little metal cabinet. That's why I think I have a little right to advise you. Dear God. You needn't act so martyred. You know perfectly well that until this minute I've never complained. I've managed to play the part of a self-effacing... Never complained, eh? Forgive me if I indulge in some quiet, mirthless laughter. What you've wanted is a wife who's an ornamental cipher, and God knows I've tried to be just that. When? I've given you what you wanted at the cost of my individuality, my self-respect, and, and everything else. At the cost of nothing. I suppose you never come storming into the office and created a scene just when I was straining every faculty and to find ways to pay for you. There, there. You see, my dear? Your insane extravagance. Be quiet. Pa. Perhaps you'll understand now what I mean. Profit by my example and realize that perhaps you have something important to give to the world. Don't let them stifle you with their talk about duty. Go to France and find yourself. Suppose she learns there's nothing there to find. Even so, it would be better than endless doubt, which has been my portion. <sighs> You know, it's the damnedest thing about this place. There's something here that stimulates the autobiographical impulse. What kind of life have you had, Duke? A hell of a life. I don't believe it. Why not, lady? Everything's okay outside. Because you've had the one supreme satisfaction of knowing that at least you're a real man. <sighs> Yeah, that's true. But what has it got me? I've spent most of my time since I grew up in jail, and it looks like I'll spend the rest of my life dead. So what good does it do me to be a real man, when you don't get much chance to be crawling into that hay with some dame? I wonder if we could find any hay around here. For the love of God, Edith! Say, what's been going on here? 
I'm not sure, but I think the Duke has had an offer. He certainly has, and it was made with all sincerity, too. Now listen, boss, don't you go get into no hay with her, because we gotta lamb it out of here. Thanks very much, lady. When I get settled in Mexico, maybe I'll send you a postcard with my address. Excuse me, Duke, but uh, how's the time getting along? It's just about up, pal. I must talk to you, Gabrielle. You can wait until after they're gone. I can't wait. I mean, when they go, I go. I have to tell you now that I love you. Now listen, Alan. I got sort of upset by all that blood, and I don't want to. I tell you solemnly that I love you with all the heart that is left in me. Are we waiting just to listen to this? He does love you, my dear. He told us so. Please, Mrs. Chisholm, I'm capable of saying it. Even if I'm not capable, Gabrielle, of making you believe that I... Don't make a fool of yourself, Alan. They're all staring at you. I know they are. But you've got to believe it. And you've got to remember it. Because, you see, it's my only chance of survival. I told you about that major artist that's been hidden. I'm transferring him to you. You'll find a line in that verse of Vion's that fits that. Something about, Thus in your field my seed of harvestry will thrive. I've provided barren soil for that seed, but you'll give it fertility and growth and fruition. Listen, boss, I got a wife and four children. Be quiet, you... you... You what, lady? You what? Settle down, Slim. Settle down and sit down. All right. You still think I was being comic? No, Alan. I just think that you... you're kind of crazy. And I guess so am I. And that's why I think we'd be terribly happy together. Don't say that, Gabrielle. Why not, when I believe it, with all my heart? Well, maybe you're right. You're beginning to admit it. Maybe we will be happy together, in a funny kind of way. Alan! Hey, keep away! Leave him alone. You know, I think I found the thing I was looking for. I can't say what it is. I don't quite know, yet. All right, Duke. We needn't wait any longer. Watch it, boys. Get away from the windows. What was that? It was our horn, Mr. Chisholm. Jackie, guard the door. Slim, keep our guests covered. Jack! Okay! Who's that? Up with your mitts, Mac. Boss, it's two guys. We got you covered by machine guns. Open that door, Jackie. Come on, boys. Walk in the front door and keep them up. Looks like the bluebird of happiness and his old man. (laughs) Get those guns, Jackie. Yeah, I got them. Slim, catch. All clear out here. Is there a car in our way? No, it's a good mask. Okay, get back to the car. Okay. Is this a stick-up? What a guesser. Say, Jason, that there's Duke Manti. Been here all evening. Him as gang picked this place out of the whole Southwest. <laughs> What's that uniform you're wearing? It's the Ralph M. Kesterling Post of the American Legion. I'm the commander of this post, buddy. And I want to tell you that the two of us men fought in the World War. You wouldn't shoot us down in cold blood. (laughs) Sure we would. 
Sit down, boys. Where? On your cans, Legion. Down there on the floor. The paria. And stay there. Why did you come here? This is where I live. Why did you bring your comrade-in-arms with you? We were trailing you. And by God, we caught up with you. Shut up, Commander. The less we talk, the better for all concerned. Some legion. Out gunning for the bad men, and look at him now. What made you think I'd be around here? They caught your pals. Three men and a blonde. Don't you try to go get him out now, boss. Where was it? Come on, tell me, or I'll tear holes a yard wide in them pansy uniforms. Well, they caught him at Buckhorn. Where's that? It's in New Mexico. About 90, 100 miles southeast of here. When? I don't know. We heard about it half an hour ago. Every man in this state that can bear arms has turned out to... Here it is, boss. Buckhorn on Route 11. How'd they get him, soldier boy? It was the regular army. Your friends ran right into a troop of U.S. cavalry. I warn you, Manti, you better get out of here for your own good. Is anybody else coming this way? I don't know. I swear to God I don't. But there are posses all around here, and I don't want this place to get all shot up. You got the whole mighty strength of this nation after you now, buddy. Listen, Legion, when we're caught, it'll be by real cops, not by any overgrown Boy Scouts in fancy dress. All right, you can talk big if you want to, but I'll tell you that woman in the car has been doing some talking. What? It was Doris. She snitched. They always snitch. Shut up. What were you saying? I'm telling you for your own good, Manti. They know where you're heading. They picked up your trail. They'll get you. She has snitched. Come on, Duke. Don't listen to them, Duke. Come on, boss, or we're all dead. The law's closing in on you. What's the matter with you, Duke? Why the hell don't you... For Christ's sake, shut up. Shut up! Give me time to think. No, Duke. Don't waste any time thinking. This isn't your game. Don't listen to what they're telling you. You've got to keep going and going and going. Yeah, and go fast. You've been double-crossed and bitched. The next thing, you'll be laid out flat on a marble slab. Where'd they take her? I don't know. Maybe to Albuquerque. If we head there, they'll take us. You want revenge, don't you? You want to go out of your way again to get that blonde who snitched. Don't do it, Duke. Even if she did betray you, don't commit a worse crime. Don't betray yourself. Go on, run for the border, and take your illusions with you. He's right, Duke. I told you to shut up. You know they're going to get you anyway. You're obsolete, Duke, like me. You've got to die. Then die for freedom. Don't give up your life for anything so cheap and unsatisfactory as revenge. I hear a car coming, boss. We better lamb. All right, pal, I'm going. Now listen, folks. We've had a pleasant evening here, and I'd hate to spoil it with any killing at the finish. So stay where you are until we're out of sight, because we'll be watching. Better cut that phone wire, Jackie. Pack up the ammo, Slim. Okay, let me look. Car stopped out in the road. There's a guy with a rifle. Cops? Looks like it. Hicks or G's? Hicks. Lay low. It's the sheriff. He's got you, Manti. I warned you. You better surrender before they start. <gasps> Jesus, that is Sam Hill. That's Ruby shoot. The goddamn fool. Get over to the window, Jackie, and tell him to hold his fire. Okay. Wait. 
Tell them to open up if they try to drift around that side. You have no right to endanger the lives of innocent people. You better surrender. Get behind that counter, Slim, and keep this mob in here covered. Okay, boss. What they doing now, boss? They're crawling into the sagebrush to the other side of the road. Where are them pants? Sex right there beside you. Oh, oh boy, I knew this place wasn't safe. You folks better get down. Lie down, all of you, close together in the middle. Watch him, Slim. I'm watching. Where's the light switch? Uh, to the right of the door. I'm back, boss. All okay. Hit the lights, Jackie. Out they go. Do you want any hay now? Get to the kitchen door, Jackie. Hold your fire unless they try to rush it. They'll try to work around that direction to the shadow of that mesa. It's their only cover. When they get around there, we'll lamb. How many are there? Six or seven. Nothing to worry about. When enough of them get across that road, Jackie, give them a couple of bursts to scare them. Then snap back here and watch yourself, kid. Okay, Duke. Ouch. Hey. Sorry, soldier boy. Dark in here. It's an inspiring moment, isn't it, Gabriel? The United States of America versus Duke Mantee. Oh, they've absolutely wrecked the neon. It's them deputies shooting. <laughs> Probably all drunk. It almost restores in me the will to live and love and conquer. Isn't it them, boss? Can't get a good angle on them. But they're drifting over. And Jackie will get him. I feel as if I were sitting on top of a mountain in the middle of Penguin Island, watching the odd little creatures. How do you feel about it, darling? I don't know, Ellen, and I don't care. I wish to God you'd stop that praying. I'm not praying, I'm singing. Why ain't Jackie shooting? The kid knows what he's doing. Alan? Alan, when you get to France, what do you see first? Customs officers. But what's the first real sight you see? The fields and forest of Normandy. And then... What, Alan? And then Paris. I better tell Jackie to open up. Stay where you are. Paris. That's the most marvelous place in the world for love, isn't it? All places are marvelous. Even here. Especially here, my darling. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. It is the judgment of thy wrath on these thy poor sinful children. Oh, Oh, the gas pumps will be up in flames. As long as I live, I'll be grateful to the people. Alan, Alan, will you please kiss me? Of course. Okay, Slim, we're pulling out. Get Jackie. Uh, you have finally seen the light, boss. Oh, Lord. Now it's going to be all over. Not for us, Alan. Never. Oh, no, goddammit! Jackie's got killed! How the hell did he do that? I don't know, boss. Well, we gotta leave him. You and you and you and you are coming with us to hang on the running board. 
We gotta have shields. Me? Yeah, you and the missus. All right, all right. I don't care what Come happens to me oh, now. Lord, I don't Lord, care Lord, a bit. Oh, this is Lord. the country I was ready to die for. Me too? No, not you, Pop. Come on, the rest of you are on your feet. Get moving out that door. They won't shoot at you. You won't none of you get hurt if you keep your hands up and make plenty of noise. Come on, keep moving. And we're in one hell of a hurry, so move it along, folks. Go! For God's sake, don't shoot! Don't shoot, don't shoot us! God's sake! Please don't, don't shoot. shoot! You folks better stay where you are for a while. Good night, everybody. Duke! Alan, keep down! Duke! Do you still want it? It's no matter whether I want it or not. You, you've you got to. Okay, pal. Oh! <laughs> I'll be seeing you soon. God Almighty, he meant it. Alan, Alan, here, sit down. Let me help you. Uh, it, it doesn't hurt, or at least it, it doesn't seem. It went into this lung, I think. It's, it's all right, Alan. It isn't all right, Gabrielle. I'm... I, I'm practically dead. No. Alan, you said you wanted to live. I know I did. And I'll live with you. I will. I... I know I said it. I was blinded then. But... Now I can see. Bo Scrimp! Somebody come here quick! They were right, Gabrielle. I mean, the stars. I had to come all this way to, to find a reason. Oh, if people only had guts enough, they'd always find. Death is funny looking when... The Duke understood what it was I wanted. I hope you'll... What, Alan? What did you say, Alan? <laughs> no. No, don't worry, Alan. I'm not going to be a goddamn crybaby about it. I know you died happy, didn't you, Alan? Didn't you? Uh, are you all right, old kid? I guess he's dead. Sure he is. Man, he couldn't have missed twice. Damn tough. He was a good guy, at that. What's that? It's Paula. Go... go and let her out. Listen, Gabby. Here's the funny thing. It's life insurance for 5,000 berries. He made it out to you. And it looks regular. Said he wanted you to spend it on a trip to France to see your mother. Of course, I, I don't know if it's collectible, but by God, I'm going to get it to Summerfield in the morning. He was the damnedest fella I ever did see. Couldn't make him out. Mantine let him off the car about a quarter mile up the road. 
You can see him walking back. Has he? Yep. He's gone. Uh, poor fella. Well, he died a hero's death. We'll give him an honorable funeral. We'll bury him out there, in the petrified forest. What? That's what he wanted. Yes, by God, he said so. Well, maybe his next of kin will have something to say about that. I've got to phone the sheriff's office. They'll never catch Mantee in my car, unless he wrecks that Duesenberg. Hello? Hello? Get me the sheriff's office in Marenzi. Yeah. Thus in your field my seed of harvestry will thrive. For the fruit is like me that I set. Ha <laughs> boy. It did me good to see that Jackie in a pool of blood. God bids me tend it with good husbandry. This is the end for which we twain are met. You have been listening to The Petrified Forest by Robert E. Sherwood on Mutual's Best Plays series. This 2023 production was adapted for audio and directed by Pete Lutz, especially for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Our cast consisted of the following players. Les Marsden as Grant Maple. Gino C. Vianelli. As Bose Hertzlinger. Bobby Vela as the Telegraph Lineman. Paul Arbisi as Jason Maple. Carol Cron as Gabby Maple. Ebony Rose as Paula. Chuck Wilson as Mr. Chisholm. Stephanie Stearns Dooley as Mrs. Chisholm, Carl Thomas as Joseph, David Ian as Jackie and the Radio Voice, Dana Gonzalez as Duke Mantee, Dwayne Nock as Ruby, Trey Miner as Slim, Frank Guglielmelli as the Legion Commander, and Pete Lutz as Alan Squire. Post-production and mixing performed by 63 Audio, Corpus Christi, Texas. This production was recorded over Zoom with actors in Texas, California, Oregon, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. This is Darren Rockold speaking, on behalf of our producer, saying thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoy the other selections in this year's Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Pete Lutz here, dear listeners, out of character to thank you warmly for joining us for this and the other rather lengthy productions the Narada Radio Company created for this year's Sonic Summerstock. This is our ninth year producing radio remakes for the Sonic Summerstock, and believe you me, it's a challenge and a fun one that I look forward to every season. Jack Ward is a great friend to Narada and to me personally, and I thank him for his guidance, mentorship, leadership of the Mutual Audio Network, and friendship. And now, take care, and be sure to enjoy all of our past entries in the Sonic Summerstock, which you can find on the Mutual Monday Matinee podcast. And we'll see you again for the 2024 season. Audio. This is mutual.
Thank you, Pete Lutz. And thank you very much, Narade Radio Company players, for tonight's feature and all the grand performances this 2023 season. Remember, folks, that as you depart, please be sure to grab Narada Radio Company's entire catalogue of plays in the lobby or look for tonight's show notes in the Sonic Society website. Next week, grab your tickets for the Sonic Summerstock stage as we feature another friend of our many seasons. Until then, I thank you for your kind patronage and wish you good night from Halifax, Nova Scotia. I'm David Alt. And that concludes our feature this week for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, features, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders and no infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society and is a proud member of the Mutual Audio Network, where we listen and imagine together. Please join Jack Ward and myself next week at this time for our next grand performance feature. force. Not of nature, but of something more primal than that. He's the acid taste of vengeance you can't quite swallow down in a town that's besieged by fear, an unbreathed regret. Others say he was a man who wouldn't rest until all the pain in the world was fed back to those who minded out of others. He's only known by one name, from county to county, in the hours past dawn, and in the haze-filled air, you'll see him walking towards you if you keep secrets, if you harm folks. He's the drifter, and he won't stop, till sorrow's end.
a weird western series from Jeffrey Billard starring The Drifter. From Audio Groovecats and the Amigo Collective, coming 2023 only on Mutual, with Episode 1, Before a Wind. Thank you.